Hello, it's Gina. Before I get started, some news. There's a chance coming up to check out a live taping of Real Humans by Gina Kaufman on August 11th. You can sit in a theater or stream the event from home, if that sounds better. I'll bring some Casey characters up on stage to tell their stories. August 11th, that's a Wednesday. You can get the details on Eventbrite or at kcur.org storytelling. Hope to see you there. Hey, Kansas City, you're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a podcast from KCUR Studios. On this episode, everyone keeps talking about going back to normal, but if you've lost someone super close this past year, back to normal feels anything but normal. Near the end of 2019, just before COVID hit Kansas City, Rebecca Pryor went for a walk with her husband. He said, Beck, I've got to stop. And his exact words were, I feel like I'm going to die. He just was breathless, basically. That weird moment led to doctor's visits and a diagnosis soon followed. When they did imaging of his lungs and found... I mean, severe scarring is what they called it and said that it looks like it's been going on for a very long time. Rebecca's husband was musician Stephen Phillips. Around here, he's probably best known as the charismatic guitarist for The Elders, an Irish band with a rock sensibility that's performed all over the world. Rebecca and Steve became a couple in high school. When I took note of him was in an eighth grade, um, like a talent show. And I had done a medley of piano tunes, and then he played a 12-string guitar. In the late 1970s, they sometimes performed as a street duo in Westport. They married in 1982, and their first child was born in 1986, the same year Steve's other band, The Rainmakers, got signed to a big label. Older than I used to be, younger than I'm gonna be. There was kind of all that craziness and and excitement of, like, getting on a tour bus and, you know, with my, I always say Zach learned to walk in a tour bus, um, walking up and down the aisles. Rebecca will never know for sure whether her husband died of COVID-19 or pulmonary fibrosis or some combination of the two. Because of the pandemic, they never did get in to see a lung specialist. Even if Steve could have gotten an appointment. Like the things that would be required to go out in the world, he, he couldn't breathe in a mask. The emergency room was their only option, and it was one they avoided as long as possible. In October of 2020, they finally checked in for help. Steve spent 10 days in the ICU and 10 days in a COVID ward before being discharged back into Rebecca's care. We had one night of rest together and then he got up and showed me some business things and then he said Becky I need you to help me transition and then he he just was very focused and very graceful. Stephen died in November. Rebecca has spent 10 months in mourning. She's faced the hard realities of everyday life without him. Eating dinner alone. Sleeping alone. There are just so many adjustments. I mean, I've been with him since since I was a child. But because of the state of the world, 
with so many turned inward for safety, those adjustments remained intimate. They happened in a close inner circle of family and friends or else at home alone. I wanted to embrace that time and, you know, honor it. And also, frankly, like, figure out how to be open to being in relationship with my loved one in a spiritual realm. You know, like, okay, what's that? What does that look like? And Facing the larger world without Steve in it is still pretty new. A part of the grieving process for me has been there are so many firsts. Most of those firsts are running into people that I haven't seen. Earlier this summer, Rebecca went to a block party where some of the musicians Steve performed with in The Elders gave a porch concert. It was Rebecca's first live music event since Steve died. The woman hosting the show on her porch was a devoted fan of The Elders, and she texted Rebecca a personal invitation to stop by. And I thought, you know, this that would be a lovely introduction back into music because honestly even at home I've barely listened to music because it was such a background of our lives you know the live music brought her joy so did seeing friendly faces the hard part came when the music ended when Rebecca would have normally become an unofficial part of the crew, breaking things down alongside her husband so they could hurry along to whatever came next. Without Steve, when the show ended, Rebecca had nothing to do but leave. If you know someone who who lost someone, and maybe it happened early on in the pandemic, the grief can hit them later on because... You know, what we've been living through is weird and not normal. That's Brian Resnick, a science journalist covering the aftermath of COVID-19 for Vox.com. We haven't been able to go through the things and to go to that concert where, you know, you would have gone with your loved one. This is the first time you're experiencing the loss of them in the world as we knew it, you know? As more and more activities return to their pre-pandemic routines, Brian explains that the bereaved aren't necessarily celebrating a triumphant return. They face a more complicated scenario, the shock of someone's absence, not just at home, everywhere. Take, for example, trips to the grocery store. Rebecca and Steve used to frequent a neighborhood grocery store, but Rebecca stopped shopping in person when COVID hit to protect her vulnerable husband. And then for a while, she just wasn't ready to get back out. So when she finally returned, the familiar checkout person didn't know Steve had even been sick, let alone that he died. The same thing happened at the rock store, where she'd gone for landscaping materials. One of the things that he enjoyed doing was working with rocks, and so like, I had this gift of a backyard, of all of his rock work, like of all of the terracing and the fire pit. Rebecca needed to fix the dry stream bed, a project that began when Steve was still alive. I went and got the rocks, just like I've done in the past, but when I drove up to pay, I just, I just had all these emotions. Loss always brings these kinds of moments where you're hit with a wave of grief out of nowhere. 
but they don't usually happen all at once, months after the fact. This tsunami of grief is happening all around us. Here's Brian Resnick from Vox. I saw a paper that did a real, probably rough estimate. It just did like a statistical guess, um, suggesting that every one person who died of COVID-19 left nine people in bereavement. This is something researchers are calling excess bereavement. And so just thinking of that statistic, like this multiplier, nine, and just knowing how many people have died of COVID, suddenly you've, you've created this massive number. In the Kansas City metro, that translates to more than 23,000 people in a state of bereavement. For COVID-19 deaths in Kansas City alone, and people have not stopped dying for causes unrelated to the pandemic. Their loved ones, too, now face delayed milestones along the grieving timeline. I'm seeing it all around me. A childhood friend died in late December, but his memorial has just been scheduled for August. My friend, a quirky and brilliant robotics professor named Aaron, had a blog which he ultimately used to chronicle life with a brain tumor. After his death, that blog provided the only real platform for people to gather in his memory. I still get an email every time someone leaves a comment. I used to kind of wince. I've gotten a little more used to it, though. And now I don't hesitate to toggle over and enjoy the fond memories other people share. But when I come face to face with his sister and mom, who I haven't seen since childhood, I'll finally tell them out loud how sorry I am eight months later and I suspect the shock will feel brand new. Rebecca Pryor still feels that shock. But there's also a phrase she heard a lot right after Steve died, that she is happy to be hearing less these days. I wish I could hug you. For all the painful firsts she's encountering back out in the world, one burden at least will ease, the burden of grieving alone. When I saw Rebecca at that block party, in June, I don't remember what I said to her, but she does. I asked permission to give her a hug. That's it. Thanks for listening. Real Humans is based on a column I write for KCUR.org. It comes out every Sunday, so you can read or listen or both at KCUR.org. Gabe Rosenberg edits the column, and Mackenzie Martin is my producer, with mixing assistance this week from Byron Love. I'm Gina Kaufman. Until next time.